Welcome back. Another episode of Three Up, Three Down. Um, after some technical difficulties on on Monday's recording night, we uh, we are delayed to bring you this podcast. We apologize for that, but we're here. We're we're here, and we're going to give you a podcast this week um, as we inch a little bit closer to the start of this year's playoffs. Um, races are some are kind of over, some are getting closer than ever. It's getting hot as right before we. Um, Started this episode, the Cleveland Indians, their Guardians, lost to the Kansas City Royals on a walk-off. So, Alex and I are both very excited, um, very very excited fans for that one. And and the White Sox were able to take two out of three for the Mariners. So we're excited on those fronts. Um, and we'll talk much more about that as we continue on in the episode. But as we always do, we've got to check in with Alex, see how he's doing. How's the world, brother? Good man. Life is good. I mean, I talk about it every week, how the White Sox impact my mood, but this time of year particularly, especially doing a baseball podcast, if your team's out by this time of year, it's hard to have that motivation to like follow this sport uh, come September. I mean, we're, we're late in the year. If your team's out of it, it's tough to keep watching. But the Sox, they have had a big week since we last talked. And I feel great about it. Who knows if we make the playoffs, but at least we get this late season drama. And that's what I need, really. Like, because I want to watch this team. I'm excited. And it's good for the podcast because now I'm in the sport again. For a, there was a couple of days I didn't watch the games. I was, I was sad. I wasn't into it. I didn't want to think about baseball. But we're back. Shohei's hot just to add another storyline into the season. Everything's good. So, yeah, excited about baseball. I'm happy. How are you, Jack? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think you, uh, you you were spot on. The White Sox are back. I think on last week's episode of Big League Chicago, I, I waved the white flag um, after a really tough, tough. It seemed like five to five day stretch, um, but things have changed kind of with the White Sox. So I'm a little bit more positive in that sense. Still hesitant to get my hopes too high as we still sit outside the playoff spot and, and the wild card is unrealistic at this point. But uh, like I said, we'll get to the playoff race a little bit later in this episode. Um, so in terms of where we will start today, let's hop into the unsponsored but sponsored to hopeful Icy Hot segment. Um, Alex, do you want to take us uh, take us away with Icy Hot today? Of course. And I'm going to start with my hot, kind of getting some attention. I think we were supposed to film Monday, and the next morning it comes out that he's player of the week for the National League. Uh, and this is Zach Gallen, 42 and a third innings without allowing a run. Obviously very good. That's over six starts now. And he's going deep into games. So, I mean, like, 42 and a third is a lot of innings over six games. But he's going seven innings, a lot of games, striking people out, not allowing runners, of course, and no runs. Pretty dominant stuff. Some of them are kind of cakewalk teams. I don't care about that. I mean, if you're going to shut teams out, that's what matters. That's how you win games. It's easier said than done. But the last two are particularly interesting because he goes and shuts down Philly and Milwaukee. And he's been a big part of this like whole like Diamondbacks pest era right now where they are just kind of messing with playoff teams. They swept the White Sox. They're playing these teams hard. 
and they're not in the playoff race, but they're 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 active in it in terms of disrupting other teams' ability to make the playoffs. And Zach Gallon is becoming this guy that you just do not want to face. He's one of those guys you look at the game sheet, you're not really confident in winning. Doesn't matter who you have on the mound. It's an ace on the other side. They gotta be excited, they got a fun young team. And if they go into next year with Gallon leading their rotation, I think they're gonna be pretty happy. I mean so the guy and I'm looking at even I didn't realize what his career numbers are. His career era raise around it's three point oh eight on four hundred twenty five innings. If you had told me that about Zach Allen, I would not have believed you. He had a four three ERA last year, which was so so. But I mean two point four two this year, strikes out a batter and inning. Gotta be excited about this guy. Diamondbacks are a fun young team, got some prospects coming up. I don't know. Fun to watch for next year, and this is the time of year where, like, if you're a Diamondbacks fan or a team that's not going to make the playoffs, you're liking when you have a pitcher or any player, really, showing outstanding performance, because that's hope for next year. That's something you build on. So, good for the Diamondbacks. Great for Zach Gallen. Yeah, he's my hot. I like the pick. It's it's something... Uh, it's a team that doesn't get as enough attention already as they've, as they've kind of been mediocre in the last decade but uh um gallon has been has been phenomenal um especially this season it's a bounce back year as you mentioned um i think it, it's nice someone's trying to bring some notice and um and some talent out of the desert for people to uh pay attention to and, and gallon at 11 and 2 is, has definitely done that and i'm sure he will receive at least one cy young vote but uh we'll see what happens there uh, obviously, I think Sandy Alcantara is is the favorite in the Cy Young, um, at least in the NL. But um, Zach Gallen, again, a very good effort and a very nice hot for you this week. Yeah, and just quickly on the Cy Young race, I think Sandy does have it locked up. Just We've talked about the volume before. But they're separated in ERA by .06. Zach Gallen has a lower whip. It's closer than you may think, but uh, yeah, I, I still think Sandy or I guess Julio Urias, but I would give it to Sandy here. But I will move into my icy, and this one's just kind of—it's a weird one. I wish I wish they were doing better because I kind of like the team, but they're not. And that is the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, they traded away Josh Hader at the deadline. I think that sent a mixed vibe through the locker room. Even Devin Williams was like, and Devin Williams is set to step into the closer role then, but he was like, that doesn't seem like a move a winning team would make. You can kind of understand the rest of the roster might have felt, might have felt that way as well. Josh Hader has not been good in San Diego by any means, but the Brewers' bullpen seems to be lacking, and the Brewers as a team don't seem to be vibing right now. We talked about the Diamondbacks. They lost three or four in Arizona. Lose two of three in Colorado. This team just seems like it's waiting on a streak, and it's not coming. So, so the team, I, I think a lot of people had them as like a potential deep playoff run last year and this year because you look at the rotation and you're very excited about it. I mean, obviously you have Corbin Burns. You have Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff. Lauer is solid. It just hasn't really all come together, and... They need a streak, and there's still three and a half games out of the wild card, but San Diego's been sputtering, and, and Milwaukee has not taken advantage. 
And I don't think they will at this point because they've had every opportunity to. And they just don't, they don't seem to be a playoff team right now. And it's a little disappointing because they were a lot of fun last year. They were a playoff team. I don't know. We'll see. It's a team that can get hot. But they're my icy for this week just because they have had the opportunity to go take that last wild card spot and they haven't done it. So that's icy for me. Well, and it's extremely frustrating given the fact that San Diego has done kind of everything in their power to allow Milwaukee to stay afloat. They're three and a half games out of that last wild card spot. So uh, hopes are still alive. They're thin, but they're alive. And um, I guess a, a good final hot stretch to the the rest of the year could help this team. They do have a doubleheader with the Giants coming up, I think, tomorrow, um, as that that is at home after they have returned west from Arizona and Colorado. Uh, but tough losing three to the Diamondbacks, especially when you're trying to compete, and tough losing uh, two out of the three to the Rockies. Um, both teams that are below 500, both teams that good teams need to beat, especially in the dog days of, of the season in September. And, you know, Milwaukee's slowly playing themselves out of it, as you mentioned. And I think you hit a good spot, uh, um, a good point on the trading of Josh Hader. I think that sent a message to the locker room that, okay, maybe we don't believe in this roster this year. Maybe we're just going to give it to the Cardinals and let them just kind of roll away with it with a nine and a half game lead in the division. Um, That has kind of seemed to what has been happening. But um, fortunately enough, Hader has, like you said, been awful for the Padres, so um, I, I like the pick. I think it's something to watch, and we'll talk a little bit as we kind of break down the playoff races as we enter the second week of September tomorrow. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be some fun fun baseball, but the Brewers definitely need to step it up. Uh, solid icy hot for you for this week. Um, anything else you want to add on the on the subject? No, not really. Just get it together, Milwaukee. Love to see a streak. But if you can't beat the bad teams, I don't have confidence. So prove me wrong. Because I'm definitely, and I'll say this quickly, I'm totally on the anti-San Diego train because they, I mean, I guess the trade's looking a little bit better now that Tatis is suspended. But they seem to get everyone on the free agent market that the White Sox want. So I'm totally on it when they get them and they don't make the playoffs. I think it's funny. Sorry, San Diego, you guys can have all the stars you want, but you're not going to put it together. But Milwaukee's not doing anything, so you're going to make it, I guess. So come on, Milwaukee. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens out of the neighbors up uh, up, up north in Wisconsin. Uh, moving on, uh, this week I've, I've picked a team and I've picked a, a playoff race. And the playoff race is, is going to be my hot a little bit of a uh, subjective pick because obviously I'm a White Sox fan, but the AL Central playoff race, um, it is as close as it's pretty much been all year uh, with three teams vying for that one uh, playoff spot that seems to be the only representative that the AL Central will be sending to uh, October ball um, as both all three teams have kind of played themselves out of wildcard spots, uh, Minnesota being seven and a half and then I believe Cleveland would be uh, close to five and a half, if not six, out of a wild card spot if they were um, not in the division lead. Uh, Cleveland does have the lead at seventy and sixty-five, 
with Minnesota at 68 and 67 and Chicago at 69 and 68. Uh, the White Sox did survive, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, a trip to Seattle, taking two out of three. They do travel to Oakland um, next for a four-game set. So that is a uh, uh, a four-game set that you look for the White Sox to seriously sweep and uh, continue to play consistent ball. Interesting enough, you did see that Miguel Cairo has taken over for the White Sox, as Tony LaRusso has taken a medical leave um, as he continues to receive testing and medical treatment. Um, I am not sure what the status of Larusa is and if he will return, but team officials do seem confident that he will return by the end of the year. Uh, the Twins have been playing the Yankees. They played them for a three-game set. Uh, they played them for a four-game set, and they've lost the first three today in a doubleheader and yesterday, um, or on Monday. And today they lost in 12 innings and then on the doubleheader they lost seven to one. They play the Yankees for one more before traveling home for the Guardians for a three-game set. Um, that should be an interesting one, as the division, like we said, is um, as close as as we've really seen. Um, someone could take advantage by uh, by playing to the two teams that are kind of um, vying. Actually, the three teams, but um, I believe those three teams all have at least four plus games, um, four or three plus games against each other to finish off the year. So the hot this week, the AL Central uh, division race. It is hot, and I know the AL Central gets a lot of crap, and they deserve it. Like, what's going on here? They just aren't. It's not a good division. Every other every other division's gonna have two teams in the playoffs. AL Central a lot, but what's exciting? It is a division race with three teams in it. Only division baseball with three teams in it, and everyone plays each other. It's not three, four times. Guardians and Twins have eight games, including like a five-game stretch in Minnesota, which is crazy. Five games in four days in Minnesota. Coming down the stretch, that's crazy. Uh, I'll check this now. The White Sox, I think, have nine games with the Guardians and four games with the Twins. No, no, sorry. Four games with the Guardians, six games with the Twins. Yeah. Four games with the Guardians, six games with the Twins. So these teams are just going to go at it, pretty much. It's going at it. They play some other random teams in the middle. Obviously, the Twins are not doing well against the Yankees. What's new? Um, this is just a fun race. I I mean, I don't know if you want to get fully into this now or want to wait to discuss this division later, but... Uh... I, think, I think a quick insight. I don't want to spoil it too much. I know I've broken down kind of where the records are. Um, and what we've talked a little bit about their schedules, we'll cover them briefly later. Um, and if we've got, I guess, you know, whatever you would prefer, if you want to go deeper into it now, we can, well, okay, let's, we will cover a little bit. Let's cover it later. But what I will say, and probably the best storyline of like, I think if you're a neutral fan and you want a storyline for this division, not only do you have three teams, obviously that's like the main reason to be interested here, but if you want drama in like just stupidity, maybe slash confusion uh the white Sox were out of this race and tony la Russa goes down with health issues now we wish him the best hope he's doing well of course they've been good since he left and look like a completely different baseball team like many people have expected once la Russa left the building miguel cairo looks like an exciting manager if the white Sox, i, I can see a week from now we're talking about it. white Sox are in first place tony la Russa is coming back 
What is going to happen there? Who knows? It's impossible to tell. We don't know why. I don't know. It would just be a crazy storyline to follow. What happens if the White Sox go on a streak, take the division lead, Larusa comes back? It's just drama either way. So that is the storyline to watch, I think. Obviously, the Guardians and Twins are interesting teams too, but Larusa is just a meme. So you kind of want to keep looking at it and see if he's going to fail or not. We'll see. Stuff to watch, though. Exciting. And, and, I, again, you know, it, it will be very interesting to see what happens if Larusa's presence in the locker room changes things like it's been seen all year, or has Miguel Cairo finally cracked the code, and and has he kind of been given the um, go ahead to take this team to the playoffs? We'll see what happens. If if anyone's watched Major League Two, uh, we've seen this storyline before. Uh, and for those who haven't, go watch Major League Two and, and hope we're the Cleveland Indians of that movie in this situation, as as the ironic as that is. But um, it's funny how that plays out in Major League Two. If you haven't seen that, baseball fans, definitely go give that a watch. It is a good movie. Uh, but that is the hot this week for me. The icy, uh, one in uh, nine in their last ten games. They're in the AL West. They're a team that loaded up in the free agency by signing Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. But it didn't matter. They're still still in the cellar, sitting at sitting at 59-76, and 76, fresh off an extra inning loss to the Houston Astros um, in Houston, as that just wrapped up uh, as we've been recording. Uh, and the Texas Rangers are my icy. It's plain and simple. I think after spending the money they did in free agency, adding those two names— Corey Seager coming over from L.A. and Marcus Simeon coming over from what was it, Toronto at the point. Um, so it was it was the team seeing them coming into a new building, trying to reinvigorate the love for those Rangers in, in Arlington and in the Dallas area. Uh, they spent some money, like Texans like to do. But it didn't help. And, you know, it, it hasn't been really necessarily a defense or a pitching issue. The bullpen's been rotation has been okay i believe they're around a um they're holding a uh, they're holding a team era just about four and then they're holding t- uh, opponent averages to about 245 they have a run differential of negative 12 um i th- kind of would take that as more the pitching is keeping them afloat and the bun- runs have just not been produced uh, i believe nate low uh let's see yeah, Nate Lowe leads the team in average at 304. Corey Seager with 29 home runs. And um, Adolis Garcia with 84 RBIs. And it's not like they're not getting power. Like They've got guys that are hitting home runs. Garcia's got 22 home runs. Simeon's got 21. Lowe's got 23. Seager's got 29. So the team is hitting the long ball, at least those four. Uh, but... But unfortunately, it just hasn't been good enough to win games. That uh, is a tough division, seeing the emergence of the Seattle Mariners. And obviously, the dominance continue from Houston Astros. Um, but, you know, Texas, it, it, it's, it's been tough. And the Rangers have been tough. And that's, that's why they're my icy this week, 1-9 in our last 10. I like the pick. I think sometimes when it's playoff season, we get overwhelmed with the playoff race. But the fact is, 
what's going on now matters a lot for a lot of these teams in the outlook next year. Rangers spent a ton of money. Simeon and Seager are about $60 million a year going for it. They have a $90 million payroll. They also went and signed John Gray to a four-year $60 million deal. So when you think about that, you're talking about like, I don't know, 75 of your 90 to $100 million payroll is on three players. John Gray's been injured. He's been solid when he's been there. I like the move, picking up a pitcher from Colorado. It seems like a lot of money, and I think it is, but he does, he has shown flashes of being good. Simeon has not been what has been expected. Yeah, he has 20 homers. He's been a guy that has shown that year to year he can fluctuate, so maybe next year he's back in that MVP conversation, and they've had some development, signed a couple more guys, and are looking like a contender for the playoffs at least. Seager, I mean, 250 with 30 homers, it's not a bad year by any means, but you're talking about a lot of money that you're sacrificing there. And it just seems like maybe, I don't know, you were hoping this team would be around 500 this year. I don't think anybody thought this team was making the playoffs, but when you put that much money out there in free agency, you want a little bit more. It seems like they were just trying to bring people into the new stadium. I don't really know what that future outlook for this team looks like. Hopefully they develop some prospects, but right now, I mean, the roster looks slim. Obviously, you mentioned Alex Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe. Good players, good players on this team, but they just don't seem to be there yet, and they seem to have a ways to go. The, the rotation's not good. Martin Perez and John Gray are not going to win you anything. The bullpen is whatever. I mean, there were, there were some nice pieces in there, um, but... I don't know. It's a it's a tough situation. As I mentioned with the Diamondbacks, where it's like this is a team that's exciting. They can field, they can hit. Um, they have some pitching. They have some. They just have some juice in that team. It doesn't really seem like the Rangers have juice right now. And that's I, I know people are like, oh, it doesn't matter once you miss the playoffs. I do think these things matter. You want to show that you're closer to the next step. It helps you attract free agents. It helps your team feel like you're winning. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a winning culture there. It doesn't seem like they spent the money in the right way, which was obviously a concern when you put $75 million in three players. So, well, And when you only have four guys really contributing on offense, it's tough. And you, you see the holes on, on the other positions really shine, and, and that's kind of what has taken shape in, in, uh, in this case with Texas. But... Um, that wraps up Icy Hot for this week. Um, Icy Hot, give us a sponsor. We're thinking of naming that potentially as one of our punishments for the Around the Horn segment, which that brings me in to Around the Horn, brought to you by Crack One Media. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for the uh, the platform that you've given us. Uh, we love giving you guys three up, three down. We love talking baseball. We're looking forward to talking baseball through the month of October. Um, no matter what, if the White Sox are in it or not, we will be talking throughout playoffs, and we'll have something planned for the off season. Um, but we'll get there when when we get there. So, but like I said, around the horn, and maybe I didn't want to get here because Rick has tied me. We're at seventeen and thirteen um, a piece. Alex sitting at five hundred again, uh, fifteen and fifteen. An interesting week for. For the guys, I went three and zero oh and three, um, so that is why I'm I'm sitting in the situation I am in. Rick went two and two and one, and Alex went one and two. 
So uh, overall for the boys, not a great week. One great week for Rick. Pretty shitty weeks for Alex and I. Um, hate to see it. I don't know what uh, what else you can say about that, but th- that's what the standings look like as we uh, inch a little bit closer to the end of the year. Uh, I believe we've got at least, uh, what, four more weeks of, uh, of Around the Horn? Uh, let me see when uh, this wraps up. We've got... Uh, uh, Are we ending at the end of the regular season? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. We're Maybe not going we... through the playoffs? Well, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it, but I think... Uh, I feel like we got to go through the playoffs. What are we saying? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, that, it will be up for discussion. I need some time to make up my ground. Two games is a lot. You've got four weeks. Four weeks. No, no postseason? As of right now, no postseason. Like okay, I said, we'll, we'll, be open, we'll be open to discussion at a, at a later point. Uh, Rick has submitted a pick for this week. His pick is for Friday, September the 9th, tomorrow. He's taking uh, the day this, actually this episode will um, hit, uh, hit you guys. He is taking uh, the Twins versus the Guardians. This game will be in Minnesota. Um, he is taking the Twins uh, with Dylan Bundy facing Cal Quantrill. And uh, this should be an interesting one. He, uh, like I said, has taken the Twins. I, I, I think the Guardians have kind of had the Twins number. Um, I'm not actually exactly sure what the, the season split has been, but um, I kind of begged to differ. I'm, I'm a guy that I think Cal Quantrill is actually shown to be pretty decent pitcher. I think he's going to shut down the Twins um, as they were almost no hit from Dylan Cease earlier the, last week. Um, so uh, I'm taking the Guardians is, is where I'm at on this one. Yeah, I, so I'm worried about this pick because I do think you're right. Cal Quantrill is a solid pitcher. Dylan Bundy, I think, is pretty bad. Uh, Cal Quantrill, also from Port Hope, Ontario. Shout out Port Hope. I have a friend who's from there. It's a town of like not many people, so I gotta shout it out. When there's a professional, like, I think probably the only professional athlete from there, Cal Quantrill. Yeah, I'm going with the Guardians here, though. This series seems to be like my perception based on watching White Sox games. I would say the Guardians are so much better, but the reality is like the Twins kind of come up clutch against these guys. It's a back and forth series. I'm taking the Twins here. We'll see. I don't trust Dylan Bundy at all. So. I don't know. I'm not confident in this pick. It's a good pick by Rick, though. Yeah, it's it's one that can really go either way. Both fighting for that AL and Central Division spot. We'll see what happens there. Um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, um, my pick for this week it's um, it's going to be the Dodgers versus San Diego on Saturday. Julio Arias takes the mound for the LA Dodgers and Mike Clevenger for the Padres. The Padres have been sluggish as of late um, playing 500 ish baseball. And with the loss of Fernando Tatis, they've kind of taken a step in the wrong direction. And with the addition of um, Juan Soto, it hasn't been a noticeably great addition. Um, And I believe Brandon Jury has hit the IL Josh Hader has been awful, uh, so I'm I'm definitely taking the Dodgers in this pick without a question. Uh, the LA Dodgers are winning this game, and I can tell you this: Rick believes in the Dodgers as well. Um, so interested to see where you go on this one, Alex. I'm also going Dodgers. Simple big brother, little brother. Show it to me, Padres. I have no faith in you, though. The Dodgers are always going to beat me. 
Yeah, it, it, I'm just I'm confident in this one, even though it's in San Diego. Um, it should be a, a good one. 7:40 start in um, the Central Time, 6:40 uh, Eastern. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see uh, how that one matches out. ESPN has got LA as a 69.1 percent um, win favorite in that one. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Alex, give us uh, give us your pick for around the horn this week. So my pick, I'm pretty excited about this series. Interested to see how these two teams stack up this weekend. I got the Mariners, I believe, hosting the Braves. Let me double check that because I think it does kind of make a difference. But on Friday, we have Charlie Morton against Robbie Ray. So kind of, I would say a pretty good pitching matchup. It is in Seattle. I think Robbie Ray is a little bit better of a pitcher. But Charlie Morton showed even in his old age that he can have a stuff on a certain night. He can also get blown up for like five or six runs on any given night. I'm going to ride with the Mariners here. I think Robbie Ray has shown that, like, this is who they paid for. He's looking good. He's looking, like, I don't know if he's quite back to last year, but he has that upside in him. And Seattle's vibing right now. I mean, yeah, they got trampled by the White Sox. No big deal. Happens to everyone at least once a year. Um, (laughs) But Robbie Ray Ray has that elite potential stuff. And I think on a Friday night game, the fans are going to be buzzing. Got one of the best teams in the NL. Not a team they face often. In town, he's going to shove. But I think there's a couple lead changes still in this one. I'm going 5-3 Mariners. It, it, it seems right in this pick. I I, I went Mariners as well. Um, I, 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 think it, I think Robbie Ray's going to shine. I, I, I've loved to what Seattle's done. They've just coming off a series loss versus the White Sox, so I think there will be some hunger um, to bounce back against a very, very talented team in Atlanta that's just shortened the gap, if not tied um, the Mets for that division lead. Correction, they're a half game back of the Mets in that NL East matchup. Um, so it, it should be exciting to see kind of that game. It's a, it's a matchup of, of a what-if World Series because it is possible if the two teams do meet late in uh, in the playoffs, but um, you know I do like to see the in the cross league matchup of the Mets and uh, or the Braves and the Mariners um, and Seattle too. Always love safe, safe. I don't know what the field is called anymore, but I have been there. Um, it is a nice ballpark. T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile Park now. It used to be Safeco, right? Yeah, I think. It used to be Safeco. Um. But yeah, so uh, that is Alex's pick. Rick went with the Mariners as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. The only one that stands to really benefit is me with a Twins uh, Twins loss and a Guardians win, and the boys benefit with a, uh, I guess, a Guardians um, loss and a Twins win. So we'll see what happens there. Um, hopeful <coughs> that we can have a good week here as we get to the end i'm thinking we do playoffs if there's a tiebreaker alex uh, i mean that's what I'm thinking. the playoffs are the most important picks that's all i'm gonna say so we can choose not to include them but when it comes down to it we want to know the best teams who can pick the wins that's what it matters well maybe we'll hope to have a we'll have a plan and uh rest of the season schedule yeah we'll discuss hosted so if i'm winning i'm and, totally and, happy cutting it but uh <laughs> 
course, of course. If someone doesn't want to I'm take I'm being the practical, okay? Bat, icy hot bath. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um, like I said, Rick has tied the uh, the lead. The lead has, has been is gone. We've got a tie for first place at 17 to 13 with Rick and I, and Alex sits at 500 at 15 and 15. Moving on, um, kind of the other things we wanted to talk about today, like we talked about, or like we hinted at, the playoff race as we enter about four more weeks in the season, as I looked up, four or five, I believe. Um, gaps are shortening in some divisions, gaps are forming in others. We'll start with the divisions that have pretty much been wrapped up. Um, that being of the AL West, that is an 11 game gap for the Houston Astros over the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners do hold the number one wild card spot in the AL. Actually, no correction, they are half a game back of the Tampa Bay. Um, raise for the top wildcard spot in the AL. So Seattle has had a phenomenal season. They will be playing postseason baseball uh, for most, uh, yeah, 99.5% is what ESPN's got them at. So I, I do think Seattle will be playing postseason baseball, but the Houston Astros have pretty much wrapped up the division crown and will look to take the AL's top spot um, with an 88-49 and 49 record. Um, another division that has seemed to kind of just wrap itself up quickly um, was the NL West as well, with the Dodgers now holding a 19-game lead over the, the Padres. Uh, that division's over. Good as done, 94-42. and 42. An unbelievable season so far from the, the Dodgers. Will they hit 110 wins? How many wins will they have? Who the hell knows? But it, it's been short of, uh, nothing short of, it's been unbelievable. Uh, the Dodgers have been great. So the AL West, or NL West and AL West, forget about them. Then we move on to the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals have now opened up a nine and a half lead over the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. I do think this one is as good as gone. Another division that is done for. Um, congrats to St. Louis. Another fought, hard fought year. Um, looking like they're going to have a NL MVP and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, and then Nolan Arenado has also been phenomenal for this team as also we uh, track the Albert Pujols chase to 700 home runs. Um, and he looks to be adding to that, uh, to that race. Um, at least he has the chance to add to that number in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but the NL Central is done. Good for as done. Um, moving on to some of the closer ones. A little bit of a gap here. But something that we've seen shrink and something we've been tracking is also closely. The New York Yankees only have a five-game lead on the Tampa Bay Rays. So I want to talk about the AL East. That's what I want to start with. It's been kind of interesting. The Yankees obviously jumped off to that really, really hot start in the first half of the season. It's been pretty much 500 ball, if not worse, since the start of the All-Star break. Um, and, you know, on away terms, they've really only been 500 ball. They're 35 and 34 away from the Yankee Stadium, obviously 48-20 and 20 at Yankee Stadium. So things have been um, really good for them at home, really mediocre away from the club. Still boasting, boosting a one, uh, nine, 196 run differential, so impressive stuff from the New York Yankees. Uh, but they have been, been that great and inconsistent of late. The Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Rays have come on as lately. 
being 8-2 and two in their last 10. They do have some injuries. I believe Wander Franco has been out of the lineup. Um, they did lose Kiermaier, I believe, for the rest of the season. Um, so you look to see where the, the Rays will finish. Uh, but Randy Rosierena and Yandy Diaz have been pretty good for this team as they look to kind of chase down the Yankees for that top spot in the AL East. But Alex, what do you think? I think the Yankees got lucky in their facing the Twins at the right time because if there's one cold streak stopper for the Yankees, it is obviously the Minnesota Twins. Looks like they're going to sweep a four-game set against them. I don't know. I, I think four games or five games is still a lot of games. They do play this week, this weekend. They have a three-game set. If the Rays come in and sweep, okay, let's talk. Even if they take two of three, then we're talking a four-game set but or four-game lead. I don't know. I, I, I just think the Yankees, they appear to have a little lighter of a schedule. The, the Rays have to pay uh, the Astros twice, two separate series. So I'm going to go with the Yankees. It's just too much to overcome. It's shocking that it's this close. Credit to the Tampa Bay Rays. No offense on that team. Just insane bullpen pitching. I don't know what they do there. But it seems like anyone who enters that bullpen is amazing. So good for them. Hopefully Wander Franco comes back for the playoffs. But yeah, I'm sticking I'm sticking with the Yankees here. I, I, five games is a lot over these next couple weeks. The the betting man would say the Yankees. Um, I'm hopeful it's not. But uh, um, I, I do think that's the safe pick there. I do agree with it. Um, should be interesting to see. Toronto is six and a half games out. They're also eight and two in their last 10 games. So both teams playing some hot baseball behind the base, uh, the Yankees. We'll see what happens. They have played themselves out of um, the AL top spot, so we'll see where they will fall and if they will have to play a wild-card team in that first round of the playoffs. Um, should be interesting to kind of follow along as we inch closer to the playoffs. That's what the AL East is looking like currently. Um, moving on to an even closer division, the NL East. Half a game. The New York Mets, they've been cruising all season long. They've been playing great baseball, 87-51. and 51. Um, I'm not taking any credit away from them, but they've been a little bit sloppy of late. Last 10 games, it's been 5-5. Five and five. Some of those games have been against Atlanta. Um, and it, it's just they're not getting it done, at least in the division numbers. Uh and Atlanta has climbed back. The division uh, or the world championship, uh, uh, defending world champions, um, have shrunk that gap to literally a half game from I think it was like at least ten at some point. Um, and it should be a dogfight to the finish. I do think these teams will face off one more time to three games set in Atlanta to finish uh, before they go to. Uh, Miami to finish off the season so that should be an interesting three game set um, could the division come down to that three games? Absolutely um, so we'll see what happens there but the NL East definitely the closest race we'll be tracking um, half game what do you think? So this is like this is this is I don't know this is two heavyweights battling it out Mets take a big blow and they lose Max Scherzer. He's on the IL. Got some, I think it's like a lot. Some sort of soreness. They're trying to get him ready for the playoffs. 
it's an interesting series, and I think the biggest reason why is whoever wins this um, division is getting a bye in the first round. Almost certainly. I mean, the Cardinals can get hot and overcome eight games, but I, I doubt that they will. So they're going to get a bye to cover up. I don't know. They just get to miss a whole series of playoff baseball, which I think everyone knows how big that is. Rest up, get those starters ready so you have one, two ready to go. And you just never know in a five-game series what's going to happen. So it's a huge deal to win this division. And personally, I find this like incredible because you have two of the best teams, whereas in like the AL you have, this would be like the Astros and Yankees battling it out. But they're playing to win right now, but they're kind of locked in and like they can – they can cruise a little bit, which I think is a disadvantage at sometimes, but you don't get this like head-to-head battle. The Braves, I kind of have to go with the Braves here. They're riding a bit too hot. Spencer Strider is must-watch TV right now. 25 Ks in his last two starts, and I saw like Pitching Ninja did a comparison of him and DeGrom, and they look so similar. It's just the kind of that bullet fastball that looks like a laser beam and then just can break you over with the breaking ball. It's I don't know. The guy looks insane. At the beginning of the season, it's like, oh, this is a high upside guy. You never really think DeGrom is your upside, and I still don't think he's there yet, but he's looking so good. They have to be happy. They need an ace, and one just kind of developed out of their system. Very exciting for them. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Braves, but, I mean, this is this is a ton of fun. Excited to see them play second to last series of the year. Yeah, should be great stuff. Braves' offense is just, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't matter what happens in Atlanta. They call somebody up, he's going to start hitting. He's going to start pitching. doesn't matter. They dominate. Good for them. Yeah, no, without, without a doubt. Um, the rookie been, has been phenomenal, and it, it's been some impressive stuff with high strikeout numbers um, and, and phenomenal outings. Uh, it's been exciting to watch from what he's been able to perform. Uh, DeGrom has finally been able to return to this lineup, so that does help the Mets. I do like the Mets in this division. I do think they will pull it out. Uh, I'd like to see the Mets pull it out. I, I, I don't mind them. Um, would be a little bit of a change of guard, at least in the division, for Atlanta's dis- um, sake. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, should be a close division to watch till the end. Like I said, half a game... Um, separates the two teams. Uh, so we'll see what happens there in the NL East. Moving on to the last division we'll cover. We talked a little bit earlier as it was my pick for Icy Hot. Um, the AL Central. Three teams separated by two games. Just looking at Twitter every once in a while, I read this tweet. The Guardians and Twins face each other eight times in the next 12 games. The White Sox, in their next 10, play the A's, Rockies, and Tigers. All three teams sitting well below 500. Strength of schedule, favor, White Sox. Very happy about that. Very positive. Should be interesting to see. Twins and Guardians. Eight games in 12 days. Or eight games in 12 day, games. Eight out of 12. Interesting enough, you'll, you'll see what it can happen there. I mean, if one team dominates... Maybe they will uh, be able to kind of finally get that gap a team has been hoping to find in this AL Central. But for now, everyone sits two games apart. They all play each other at least three more times, as we talked about earlier. I think this is going to be the most exciting division to watch. No offense to the NL East, as both teams will play September ball. 
where in this case we're just looking at one team being the representative for the AL Central. Yes, that is due to credit of them being pretty mediocre, um, as two of the teams sit one game above 500 and the other only five. Um, I don't know. It's going to be fun baseball to watch, though. Yes, we are biased. We are two fans from Chicago. We are White Sox fans. We try and deliver you guys a podcast that is unbiased as possible. Uh, but there's no way to to doubt a team that's just lost their manager, at least for the for the time being, um, and two other teams that one that has gone through a name change and one that has um, seemingly just kind of fallen off after um, two years ago with a great season from the Twins. And you know, I I, I think this is going to be the most exciting uh, division to watch. I'm not going to jinx the Sox. I don't want to pick a winner in this one. Um, but I, I think this is going to be by far the most exciting uh, division race to watch come down the come down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I, it's the only race with three teams in it. Wild card division. It's got three teams going at it, and they play a lot. I don't know how this is going to go. I think if either the Twins or the White Sox want to win this division, they better have a lead or at least be tied for first by the end of next week. Because the Guardians end with six straight against the Royals. You gotta love that if you're a Guardians fan. Royals got nothing to play for. Who knows who's gonna be up there? You gotta love it. Guardians in a little bit of a tough spot. We talked about it last week, but Zach Plesak injured, punching in the ground. Guy seems to continuously do that in some other way, just injuring himself. They lose Aaron Savale, so the rotation is looking rough. Um, that's not, yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to follow. They still have the one-two punch of Bieber and McKenzie up top. Those are both good streak stoppers. So, I don't know. I think, I think they're probably still the favorite right now, but it depends how they do against Minnesota, because I think if they go 500 against Minnesota, the White Sox have a chance to go on a little bit of a streak. They're obviously playing, I would say, the best baseball out of the group right now. They need to make up games quickly, though. Oakland, they need to win three or four. Um, twins, I, I really don't, I don't think the Twins have a chance in this division. In my mind, they're mental midgets. If you're being like, I tweeted this other day, but like the White Sox have a psychological advantage over this Twins team. Most games, I feel like the White Sox are going to lose because that's what we do. We play horrible baseball and choke things away. The Twins seem to do that more, and I don't know how we come through against them. Uh, compared to other teams. I think our record on the year is around 500, but the last couple series, we just look like the better team. So I think this can come down to, does a team have a lead on the Guardians come the last week of the season? If they don't, good luck, because Kansas City is going to do their best, but they're really not probably going to take more. Like If they took three games from the Guardians in in that last series, you'd be loving it, but I think it's more than likely. Guardians win five or six or four or five, four or six. Um, but yeah, fun to watch. It's mean baseball. I mean, all these teams have severe flaws. So if you're a fan of a, like the Orioles, I'm sorry, probably don't watch this. But if you're a fan of like, I don't know, the Astros or Dodgers and you want some fun entertainment of what it looks like to play horrible baseball, come on in, tune on in, tune on into the AL Central, see what's going on there. Because it's awful baseball, but it'll be fun. Uh, mistakes all over the field errors wild pitches Uh, teams need to take uh, advantage of mistakes Uh, 
all three teams have kind of shot themselves in their foots throughout uh, um, throughout the season. But quickly before we end this week's uh, episode, just wanted to uh, kind of talk uh, quickly about the fact that Aaron Judge he sits seven home runs short of the AL and uh, AL home run record, at least for tying it. Eight to break it. Sixty-one is the record. Um, Judge sits at 55. He did have one today in game one of the doubleheader. Um, I do think Judge will tie this record. It has been uh, quite an impressive season from the the Yankee outfielder who has been hitting 302 with 118 RBIs. Um, the guy is in a contract year. He's been proving he's either going to get paid by, uh, by the Bronx or he's going to be playing somewhere else. I personally hope it is somewhere else. I think the MLB world outside of uh, New York hopes it's somewhere else, but um, I don't see that happening as, as he's just proven that he will be the face of this franchise at least for the next five years. Um, could be interesting to see. They haven't really given anyone ridiculous money since A-Rod um, all those years ago. And as we watched in, some people watched in the Jeter documentary, uh, it's kind of interesting to see how the Yankees negotiate and bargain with free agents, um, especially once they hit that 30-year-old marker. Um, and Brian Cashman, you know, he's going to play hardball. All GMs do. That's their job. So they're going to try and save as much money as possible for the team. And in the fact that judges hit 55 home runs, um, you could pretty much say he will win the AL MVP uh, Shohei Otani has made a very impressive case for that in the last few weeks with uh, some pitching performances and slugging uh, some impressive numbers as of late. Um, I believe he's up to the 30-something um, number for home runs. But, um, yeah, no, I think uh, it's been impressive of what Judge has been able to do of late. But uh, quickly, what are your thoughts on, on him chasing down the AL home run record? I hope he does it, and I hope Shohei stays hot. But before I get into Shohei, Judge, love the dude. He seems like a perfect face. Any team would be happy to have him as a face. And the way he handles New York media is incredible. So shout out Aaron Judge. I love the guy. I really don't like the Yankees, but Aaron Judge is just exactly what you want. It's the face of baseball. So I hope they continue to promote him. I hope he continues to dominate because it's good for the sport, and he's incredible to watch. I mean, the amount of times I – go on Twitter and it's just another judge blast is amazing. So I, I'm happy for the guy betting on himself and he's winning always for that, always for the players milking what they can. That being said, I hope he breaks the record and show him wins MVP because that would be hilarious and he'd deserve it. It's just, I, I don't know. Show he's been hot and, and the, the show. stands are out on Twitter making their case. And when you think about it, like, they take the Braves, for example. They do this. They take your best team or your favorite team or one of the best teams in baseball and say, okay, let's take the Braves' best hitter and the best pitcher. Guess what? Show his both of them. And you sit there and you say, would I rather have Spencer Strider and Austin Riley or Aaron Judge? Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I'm i big time on the Shohei truther. The difference between Shohei and Judge is like, 20 batting points and 20 home runs. In my mind, 20 batting points and 20 home runs is not worth the same as, uh, I don't know, an elite ace number one starting pitcher. But that's just me. Judge, I'd be happy for him if you want it. He obviously deserves one because 
of the Altuve one, which he had a better season and wasn't cheating. Um, so, yeah. Happy for Judge, though. Hope he breaks the record. Hope Pujols does it. It would just be a historic home run year, so let's see that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the odds right now show a plus 650 um, Judge minus um, 1,100. So we'll see what happens there. Um, definitely an interesting chase to watch. He is on pace to hit 66 this year. Uh, with that being said, we will be watching closely. This wraps up uh, another episode of 3 Up, 3 Down. I want to thank you guys all for listening. Um, go take a listen to this week's Big League Chicago episode that turned one year old, one year um, yesterday, I believe. So that was uh, uh, very exciting to see and very exciting to be a part of. I want to thank Ricky, Rick for that. Um, and Rick, thank you for allowing us to um, give you guys 3 Up, 3 Down. Give Alex a follow at Northside underscore Socks. Um, and then give me a follow at Siffy Man. Alex, thanks for joining me. Um, thanks for toughing out the technical difficulties. We apologize for giving you this episode on Thursday, uh, but appreciate the listen and the follow. Follow us at the at Crack One Media Instagram page and give us a subscribe on YouTube. But um, Alex, have a good night, have a good week, and we'll see what happens in around the horn as that race kind of heats up um but another great episode talk to you later brother see you man go listen to all the other crack one shows the great big milestone for big league chicago so congrats on that thanks brother all right talk soon bye yankees uh, lose <laughs> hits it in the air the right back at the wall and the white Sox win it stretch Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes.